welcome to the Oddcast, Ireland's musical theatre podcast. My name is Keen O'Dowd, and you are listening to the show that brings you the latest news and opinion, not just from Broadway and the West End, but right here at home on the Irish musical theatre scene. I am, as always, joined by my rakish co-hosts, rakish. Daniel Ryan and Adam Trundle. Oh, thank you very much. I've been trying to get down to this kind of skinny rake figure for a long time, so thank you very much. <laughs> That's definitely what it means. Going to ruin it uh, all over Christmas now. Say it, Joe Bob. Nice. Rake. That's okay. that's it. That's, it the is, ASMR, it is the, that's the ASMR portion of today's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're just going to be cutting that segment and leaving it available as a download for any of our Patreon subscribers. Mm. Um, <laughs> go to patreon.com forward slash waste your money. Um, how are we as we lead into Christmas, boys? Uh, Christmas. All good? Yeah, feeling great. I, I, I am very happy that we're at the end of 2021 oh. in many ways though to be honest it, why it's been such a good year yeah what a year what's what's strange is i did see a meme the other day of i think it's from sex education where the main character otis is running and it was me trying to process 2020 and him being tripped over and hitting his face it's like 2022 <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's kind of where did that come from yeah. you know yeah, oh, so, yeah. it feels like we're firmly in the 20s now like it's not like yeah, 20, like it's 2022. This is the third year of this decade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> third. I had to just count my fingers there for a minute. <laughs> no, and you're right to fact check because yeah. <laughs> it's it's an important facet of what we do as all important journalism, uh, <laughs> but not so much roaring as sobbing. Twenty. Yeah, so it far, is. Right? It's roaring, mm. but 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 roaring, ro- crying, roaring, crying, roaring, yeah. crying. Yeah, <laughs> into one's cornflakes in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, corn in a state of existential crisis. For sure. But it's nice to have the festive season to, you know, celebrate the old and more importantly, look forward to the new. Yeah, looking forward to the new. Definitely. I couldn't have expressed that pablum any better if I tried. (laughs) Thank you, old father time. (laughs) Any old wise kernels of wisdom to lay down upon us? Adam, for the rest of the episode, I will be sucking by the sweets by the fire. That is, honest God, now that that has about half seven of Christmas Day... (laughs) <laughs> After dinner, four whiskeys deep kind of yeah. talk See, right it's, there now. It's this woolly jumper I have on me yeah. just <laughs> has a mind of its own. It's like the Simpsons trios of horror where Homer gets the hair transplanted. From. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's Christmas now, you can't bear it except yeah. for the shtick. Like. Uh, <laughs> oh, my <laughs> goodness. <laughs> well, God above. Um, it might not just be the jumper, it might be my Spotify rap that has me in the reflective looking mm. back mood yeah. uh, yes yes we were all hit with that recently yeah. weren't we more a source of shame than anything else but <laughs> mine oh, well, mine was a step up I'm oh, delighted really? with mine well I remember when we did this last year and mine was my number one artist was the the cast of Glee <laughs> <laughs> Because we, so and, was, and there was truly shameful. <laughs> there, uh, yeah, like, there, like, look, I'm not trying to defend myself. It was absolutely shameful. But for anyone who is new to the podcast this year, the reason was because I had gone back and I don't know why this is an excuse. It's not even it makes it even worse. I'd gone back and watched all of it on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, saying it out loud. So, so saying it out loud just makes me really fucking. And having stupid. decided that that assault wasn't enough on your senses, you <laughs> then had to repeat that exercise on Spotify. <laughs> but I found a really good play. Oh Jesus Christ! Why <laughs> Jesus, twenty twenty was so bad for me. <laughs> like, but I found a really good part. Or now good podcast. A good. Um, well, we had to find a good podcast. Actually, oh, we did. Cap, Connor Brack, <laughs> but, um, I also found a really good playlist that had all the songs in order for the full, like all six seasons. And that really pleased me. Just so, what you want. Which is. Fair, 2020 was a year for crawling back to something comfortable. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, well, what was your step up to? Dua Lipa. Oh, yeah. It was oh. much better. Much better. Yes. Now, very, again, because the Dua Lipas it, had an album out last year. Yeah. I was gonna <laughs> say, yes, the Dua Lipas did have an album out in 2020, <laughs> but I only got around to it this year because, you know, Glee took up a lot of time. So, <laughs> um, so that for me, I, I was like, this is a triumph. This is an absolute triumph for me. So I was delighted with my pick anyway. But that's quite good. That makes me kind of cool and edgy, but also, you know, commercially viable. So yeah, yeah. it's a win-win. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I stayed firmly in the 1970s. I, I haven't <laughs> budged. And I just, I moved from ABBA to Neil Diamond. So, I mean. Mm. Jesus. And I was top 0.5% 
in both cases in 2020 and 2021. So you go, you so, you really lean into. Yeah, when you commit, artists. you commit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. When I take an obsession, that's it. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, blinkers are on. It's it's Neil Diamond time. I think they do tablets. I'm, <laughs> so I'm assuming Neil Diamond was also like your top songs as well. Was he was he dominating the top five? Bizarrely, no. Uh, did uh, yours <laughs> did yours surprise you? Yeah, because so, mine did as well. So my top five songs. So three of my top five were songs I was learning for auditions and concerts and stuff. This Nerd. Year. So <laughs> yeah, you're supposed so to show up and just wow people to with your innate ability. Yeah. Dude, no. you're supposed all, to work. No, Dude, you're supposed to turn up and like sight read. Oh my yeah. god, man! <laughs> no, it's so it's the, like the obsession. I listened to it, I think um, "Stick It to the Man" from School of Rock. Like far more times than anyone has ever listened to that song. Mm, yeah. uh, I think there are Broadway performers who have heard it less times than, than yeah. I heard it. If, if, um, they, if they did the stats, you would be 100%. Of yeah, the listeners yeah, exactly. To that I listened to more of that song than hundred of other people. Um, um, so that was, yeah, that was my top song, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like Neil Diamond was nowhere in my top five songs, despite being my top artist. But he was, he featured a lot in the, the, re- in the remaining 100. He was there. Like, he was there. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> so it well, wasn't so much that any say, one yeah. particular song had featured you, on and the that, And that's how it should be. It was that his greatest hits and yeah. the Hot August Nights live albums were just dotted throughout. I love how you're like Hot August Nights as well. Like not even commercial Neil Diamond. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Neil, Neil Diamond before any of his good songs. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's not before like uh, Sweet Caroline or Cracklin' Rosie or... Mm, true. Like Brother Love's Travelling Salvation Show. But it doesn't have the jazz singer. Doesn't have the jazz singer. Which no, is no. at least 50% of the songs that people like. Yes, that's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. But, mm-hmm. okay. No, but, it's fair. It's fair. Neil Diamond is awesome. And that was back when he could sing. Yes. Like, that's, that's crucial. true. <laughs> exactly, because he listened to the Hot August Nights 2012. It was like the third edition of that performance. Yeah. Ooh. I'll be like, no, I, I'll be like, I don't even go to 2012. Like, he more or less stopped singing by the 80s. <laughs> yeah. he, he'd more or less turn to hands. Touching yeah. hands, yeah, yeah. At that stage, yeah, yeah. He hadn't even figured out the Robbie Williams trick of just point the mic at yeah. the. He was like, "No, no, I'm singing every word." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what mine was. I I was in the, to my shame, top point one percent on the planet mm. for Andrew Lloyd Webber. Wow, that is what happens when you direct an Andrew Lloyd Webber themed concert, mm. and you decide to listen to, no joke. Every single Andrew Lloyd Webber show, every song from every single Andrew Lloyd Webber show, to find he a few has crackers. written some amount of shit. <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> well, like what I find funny is that so you're the top zero point one percent. That means someone out there listened to more than you, because I think I think it tracks up to the top zero point zero one. I'm pretty sure. Really? So that I'd means love, I'd love it if that was Andrew Lloyd Webber himself. <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> plot twist. I, yeah. I really don't think he loves his stuff that much. But, <laughs> but like, let me again. tell you, it, listening actually, to no. Stephen Ward was not worth it. Actually, do you to know, get to do the know top be even funny if it, was actually, if it was Tim Rice? <laughs> yeah, vengefully, vengefully yeah. listening, <laughs> crying, yeah. thinking about the time yeah, he no, worked no. with Andrew Lloyd yeah. Webber. Yeah, Stephen Ward, no thanks. Yeah, I would oh, say God, the lobby of Her Majesty's no, Theatre probably has heard less Andrew Lloyd Webber this year than you. That is. A fair call, mm-hmm. um, given and that it was close for quite a chunk. <laughs> but of even number. in a regular, I got year. that from context. <laughs> I, I I watch the news. <laughs> I read occasionally. Are you aware? <laughs> are, you, are you aware that theaters weren't open for large portions of this year? Thanks for the update, Adam. Cheers. <laughs> I'll go back to the fire in my boiled sweets. <laughs> yeah. That is exactly sweets. something somebody's granddad would say. Yeah. Like, did yeah. you know? <laughs> Sure, I hear there's nothing on the West End oh, now at the geez. moment. Yes. <laughs> Just doing the Joey from the Friends reunion yeah. pose. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, yes. So um, I, I, I'm very disappointed. And I think everybody uh, who I've spoken to about their Spotify wrapped is, is that it's never the list that you want. No. Is it? Like, mm. it, it's always a very unedifying reflection of who you are yes oh god yeah 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 i am glad though that it's just Spotify like, like my that... my top five artists i think were andrew lloyd webber iron maiden <laughs> steve kazee for reasons related to ones yeah neil young and the Bee Gees. what an eclectic like try man. to yeah, yeah. put those five together <laughs> yeah, yeah that's not a dinner party i want to be at <laughs> what a, <laughs> what, a <laughs> set, what a set list <laughs> oh. yeah oh. but but yeah so i mean it was it was. It's pretty interesting. I'm pretty it, sure. It, I'm pretty sure, though. Like, as much get it. Like, I'm thinking like the my genres, and I'm pretty sure that 
show tunes was like bang up there. Well, oh again, yeah, I was I was Broadway number one, heavy metal number two. I could have to like that is like it's it's pretty strange. I also, I also loved your audio aura this year. Oh yeah, mine that was, was a nice confident addition. and wistful. <laughs> I think everyone had a wistful in there somewhere. We're all feeling very yeah. melancholy this year. Yeah, yeah, very reflective. Wistful. They're like, oh, you listen to things of two different genres. You're crazy. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> you're so eccentric yeah. and weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're so confident to go out there and listen to all these different styles. Go you. You don't know who you are yet. That's oh. cool. Yeah. Oh, Spotify, you've done us dirty again. Once yeah. again. Well, Doing look, it's yet another thing to be disappointed about at the end of 2021. <laughs> Pop it on the pile. Yeah. I, Spe- I, I speaking of speaking about... my list now for next year. That's when I oh, do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. fake listening to music I don't like that I think people will think is cool in a year's time. <laughs> I, I Mid-Jan- Mid-January, you're going to yeah. be listening to Jerry Halliwell and be like, fuck it! <laughs> I'm betting. Yeah. I'm yeah. betting that it's cool by the end of 2022. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to have a massive renaissance. It'll be like, like a musical reconnaissance. Yes. <laughs> Jerry's going to re- release some kind of Leonard Cohen type shit oh, and it's I'm, going to be amazing. I'm frantically I'd, I'd frantically that. looking for a McConaughey style poem I for know, Halliwell. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, come no, back I know. to me at the end of the episode. Yeah, we'll come back to, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll yeah, yeah. to it and uh, see what your ideas are now. The people at this time of year will want to hear some musical theatre related news. Oh yeah, certainly. So let's dive into it with our local news and our local correspondent, Adam what have you to tell us? Yes. What so, news of the mark? So, obviously, uh, there was a gorgeous window of time a few weeks back where gorgeous things could actually happen nice. on stage with full capacity audiences. Mm. Obviously, since then, we're now down to 50% capacity, which has put the pause button on a lot of groups, comebacks, particularly a lot of pantos have, have kind of uh, um, had to put the brakes on. I managed to get to two musicals, both in Dublin, bizarrely, but I went to see... UCD Musical Society's production of Once, which, as it happened, was actually the UK and Ireland amateur premiere of that show. Um, and I have to say, I really thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, in, in particular, the the two leads, uh, Peter Richardson and uh, Sorkin McGlynn, who were guy and girl, respectively, mm. uh, were just brilliant. They, they really just... Like, it's a show where they have a lot to do and they're on stage an awful lot. It's very demanding for the two leads. It is. And I, I just thought it was... It, 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 like, they were fantastic and I really enjoyed it. Um, and, and also, I, I did sit down and speak with um, Peter Richardson, who played Guy, with Jessica, who was the director, and Owen Fungi, who was the... Uh, who is the auditor of UC Music Society. Mm. And my technical ineptitude, unfortunately, means that the world will never get to hear that fantastic journalism interview that I did. Well, but I want to thank them for sitting down and talking to me <laughs> and being really patient while I tried my damnedest to get it right. Um, and Technical problems do occur. So <laughs> our apologies for not being able to bring you that hard hitting insight. Yes. Uh, but what they did share with me, which was wild, was that that show was put together in four weeks from auditions to first performance. Oh, my Jesus. God. Which I was so impressed by because it did what? not look at. I, 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 I suppose shows what you can do when you're doing an arts degree, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with an arts degree. <laughs> Me- Some of us <laughs> are thriving on arts degrees. Well, <laughs> and look, as a as a proud graduate of with an arts degree myself, yeah, 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 I'm 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 definitely throwing stones from inside the house. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, showing that the lifelong learning really does. As you have to retrain to get in that Yeah, more or less. <laughs> um, but but good on you kids. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it was brilliant um, and I really enjoyed it. And I also got to see Chess uh, in the Middle Theatre by a Kilmacud Musical Society, um, which was fantastic. Because Chess is one of those shows, right, where, where people tend to have like... It's a bit like Marmite, I think, of a show, isn't it? Where people it have quite a strong reaction to it. Well, I, I kind of think, for me anyway, I just love the music and I'm not mad about the script. And I know a lot of people feel similarly. And that's probably because it's gone through so many tortured script revisions mm. over the years. Like, you know, in the, the original West End one, the Russian one in the middle of it, and then in the Broadway one than the American one because it came out in the Cold War and it's just been <laughs> ch- scenes have been taken out put in it's just I think it feels a bit like a Frankenstein monster um, to some people me included but other people rave about it and think it's you know absolutely superb work of genius look in many ways it is but it, it kind of has that bit of yin yang 
for me. I'm, I'm not, I, I can't really come to peace with it. I'm, I love the music, just not a fan of the, yeah. the libretto. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. The music, like, the music is so good, but it, I mean, like it sounds like a really obvious thing, but I think it's it more prevalent for chess is that it, it's a really hard story to follow, yes. and if it's not mm. told well or it's not. You really do have to like. You cannot underestimate the the need to really spell it out for an audience, you know, because it it's a very hard one to follow, and you can just get completely lost. And then by the middle of Act Two, you're like, I I couldn't give a fuck what's happening anymore now at this stage. <laughs> like I don't care. They've just done I they've just done I know him so well. I'm out of songs that I know. Yeah. Why should I care anymore? So I think that's that's probably unlike that. It's because it's had there's a bit of probably fifty different versions of that show doing the rounds since. And bearing in mind, it's only about what little over 30 years old at this stage like, yeah you know so i think on like honestly i think it's on its 14th or 15th like stage version yeah yeah and it's hard to find the recorded versions that match because I, I tried to listen to it on the way home from going to see it yeah, yeah, yeah. and i could not find a full proper recorded version on spotify like uh, i think the mm. current one you do if you're doing a version of it is the 2018 uh, london version and I, I think they but, only have an abridged album on Spotify. Right, yeah. I'm sure you can purchase it somewhere, but um, I mean, I already have my Spotify membership. Why would I go and purchase more music? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair. Um, but uh, thankfully, they didn't have the problem of of uh, people losing interest because they had a really, really talented uh, frontline cast. Um, in particular, they had Kieran McLaughlin as Anatoly, who just for me was mm. just a fantastic presence on stage every time he was there. Um, and as well... Uh, I have especially that on the Russian side was Brian Dennison as Molokov, which just I thought he was. It's a great such part, a great and a great part. Song. It is and great. He part. he played it with all of the kind of Machiavellian yeah. mustache twirling, but without being over the top. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I have to give a shout out to Donald Lynch and Sarah Riddick, who were Freddie and Florence respectively as mm. well. Also fantastic. But I have to say, I was rooting for the Russians when I was watching it, <laughs> 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 which 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 is a testament to Kieran and. <laughs> Uh, you are lucky Senator McCarthy is not here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, be haunted You'd be on by, a watch list. Yeah, yeah. Blacklisted <laughs> from, from a musical theater podcasting forevermore. Like Dalton Trumbo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and uh, so those are the two shows they managed to see, uh, hoping to see a lot more soon. Mm-hmm. Um, in particular, I mean, there's news of um, Tullamore and Kilcock both relatively close to us here in New York. Yes, that's um, right. Both having auditions for their 2022 productions. Mm. So hopefully I will get to see at least one of those because actually for Kilcox production, I am sure I'll be otherwise occupied. The fact that I will be involved with Newbridge's production of Evita, which runs on the exact same dates. Um, well, that just demonstrates the lack of commitment on your part, doesn't it? <laughs> mm. uh, I have to pull a sickie from, from um, <laughs> one of the nights of the show and... <laughs> Dart up Kilcock. I'm sure we can cover for you. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you never say it so confidently. <laughs> I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I don't want to make pretty any definite sure. commitments. Yeah. But uh, absolutely, um, very much looking forward to those those productions as well. Dan, Hi. I think that brings us to professional news. Yes. I know you have your ear to the ground on the Great White Way. Mm-hmm. So what are your contacts stateside telling you? <laughs> contacts stateside <laughs> telling me. Um, well, first and foremost, I think obviously the main piece of news from the world of Broadway is obviously the very sad passing of the legend that is Mr. Mm. Stephen Sondheim. Um, at the ripe old age of 91, wasn't it? Yes. Yes. yes 91. Um, and it seemed to kind of be a bit of a, a bit of a shock and then it just happened the day after Thanksgiving as well, uh, which is obviously like a big holiday in America and nothing didn't seem to be any illness. So she just seemed to happen very, very quickly. So, you know, very, very sad to see that. And obviously, I mean, stars of stage and screen, like, you know, from Hollywood and West End and Broadway, all obviously pouring tributes in for him, you know, and I think. I think there was a load of videos during the night. Obviously, Company has just opened on Broadway. So the obviously the Broadway version of the mm. West End production from a few years back, uh, Katrina Lenk and Paddy Lapone were starring mm. in it, you know, and he'd been in to see them, you know, during previews and stuff like that. Like, you know, he'd gotten a standing ovation and stuff like that. So obviously very hard hitting for them, you know, obviously doing one of his shows at the time. But also it's kind of nice, you know, that's probably one of arguably one of his best shows, you know, one of his most for famous sure. shows, you know, currently running on Broadway seems very, very fitting. Um, but I mean, obviously, very, very, very sad to see that happen. Obviously, you know, he's an absolute, an absolute legend and an icon, really, and like you know, still working away 
like, you know, even right up to his death yeah, as well. Yeah, like, I believe he had another show in the works. Now, I don't know how complete it or, or otherwise it was, but yeah. you're right, working still up until that age and obviously leaves a huge legacy of extremely popular oh, yeah. shows behind him. Yeah. Probably mean, one of the most influential composers, if not the most influential of the kind of latter half of the, of the 20th century. Like really, you look at the number of composers who probably, likes of Jason Robert Brown, for example, who owe a massive debt hmm. to Sondheim's work. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you think of even uh, shows that societies here in Ireland will have, have done, Sweeney Todd, for example, and I've seen Into the Woods done yeah. on occasion. Uh, a funny thing happened on the way to the forum, I think, is, has been done on a few occasions. And not to forget, of course, his work as a lyricist on West Side Story. Of um, course. So just this incredible legacy. Um, very quickly, what's your favorite Sondheim show? Oh, I've got to go company, I think. Mm. I know we've just talked about it, but mm. I've got to go company. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, it is. It's a work of genius, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, especially I'm Not Getting Married Today. Just It's a fantastic musical theater song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's one of those, like, obviously he's he's done the job of composing it and writing the lyrics, but it, it kind of won the one of those ones that demonstrates his ability as a lyricist. Oh, I think yeah. more more so than, the lyrics just shine. Oh, they're fantastic. And there's a great video on YouTube of him doing a masterclass, and I think it's Guildford in London, in the 80s or maybe the 90s, um, where he, he takes the performer through it, and it's just mm. brilliant to see that. So I highly recommend going on YouTube and, and uh, digging that up, because it, it's a great watch. Dan? I feel bad because it's probably going to be either Westside or Gypsy, which are ones he was only half involved. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't do the full score and lyrics for. He yeah, only yeah. did the lyrics for those. Because this was Jules Stein, Jules Stein on uh, Gypsy, Gypsy and, and um, Leonard Bernstein. Bernstein, who did West Side Story. But I, I'm such huge fans of those two shows for me, really. But I, I was going. I would if if I had to pick a purely one, it would have been Company because I'm having <laughs> the, seen having seen the revival on the West End a few years ago. I mean, it's just so brilliant. But again, like his his work, like in particular, I think about the lyrics for Mama Rose. Like Mama Rose is one of the best characters mm. in musical theater. Oh yeah, and it is incredibly well written, largely by him yeah. in the songs. Like Rose's turn. Yeah, like, unbelievable. Imelda Staunton's performance of that in particular. <sighs> so like, so many great so female good. stars have done it over the years, but crack out that on YouTube. That's unreal. Like, I mean... You want to see I'm, You want to see acting? That's it right there. That's, that's it. unreal. You want to see like, acting through singing? That's it. I enjoy Bernadette Peters' one from... Jesus, probably about nearly 20 years ago at yeah, this yeah. stage as well. That's also <laughs> quite good. But yeah, no, Imelda Staunton's one is... That is properly brilliant. Yeah. Properly brilliant. Like I'm going to throw in Sunday in the Park with George. Classic. Yeah, that's probably. I love, I love that. Like that's and like Sunday. Did you see? on they all met up in Times Square yes. as well to do the performance of Sunday, which is just. Oh. Yeah, like since shivers down your spine, it's just so good. Mandy Patinkin finishing the hat. Oh yeah, that's that. Yes. Honestly, like that was the last song I heard. I think I'd be happy. Oh yeah, uh, the the lyric I love in Sunday in the Park with George is when Bernadette Peters' character is she's complaining that she's not getting enough attention from George, mm. so has been seeing a baker. And she's saying, I mean, he needs me like dough. <laughs> and it's just fantastic. It's such a good line. Very um, good. Yeah. And, and his, his musicals are just full of, of that kind of thing. Just like brilliant. Jokes that actually it's not until your third or fourth listen that you appreciate them. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's, so there's just depth. Yeah. yeah. There's just yeah. depth there you just don't get elsewhere. Yeah. So uh, rest in peace, Mr. Sondheim. Thank yes. you for... An exquisite collection of art, Absolutely. and of course, it's 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 uh, living on now because we still have West Side Story Absolutely. in the theaters. Exactly, we do, we do. Yeah, so the Golden Globe nominations came out, and I mean, in fairness, the Globes are very good. They obviously do split. They have a whole section for musical and comedy. Yes. So you know, you do tend to see any movie musicals. You know, obviously making a bit of a splash there. But I mean, West Side Story between that and I think the Critics Choice Awards both came out reasonably similar. Mm. And in general, the reviews for West Side Story, like the new. Um, Steven Spielberg um, product or directed obviously the new version of mm. it. I mean, it seems to be something very special. Like you know, like people have seen to be saying that it gets a perfect blend of you know being kind of you know there's subtle changes and subtle and kind of mm-hmm. a few updates. Yeah, yeah, and it's not, but it also it's not like a cheap kind of like remake slash modernization. It does kind of give nods to the original. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the obviously the 1958, 61, 61 even. Uh, 58 film. was I think the Broadway was that, the yeah, yeah. was that yeah. when the actual show came out was it yes yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Um, this is a musical theater podcast. I don't know about <laughs> movies. Go find it. Go find, go find a film podcast if you want those type of information. Um, and it's like good, good nods to that, you know. But then also still being kind of its own entity. So it seems to be quite good. I'm very very excited to try and go see it in the, in the, over the Christmas period because it seems to be quite a belter. That is a great relief because obviously people will remember the original as being a huge critical success that oh, yeah. was the i think it was robert wise and jerome robbins directed the yeah. mm-hmm. original in 61 and won 10 academy awards out of 11 nominations it was a powerhouse yeah. and is consistently very high up on greatest movies of all time lists so uh, yeah, the exactly. fact that this appears to be such a well made movie and to have gone down so well with critics is very encouraging with that said haven't seen it yet so <laughs> I, I, <laughs> well, I like, can't be completely fulsome true, in true. my praise but it is it is great that at the very minimum that they haven't mangled the legacy of a classic movie musical yeah because we've look, look we've been complaining a lot about like crap movie musicals recently yes, but it seems have. like there's like we're in a bit of a boon time because like like you mentioned the comedy a musical like a category like there were certainly years if you go back five years like whether it was a musical in contention, oh, or like, best, yeah. or there were no musicals nominated yeah. in a given year. Whereas you just now, get terrible like, rom-coms. I think yeah. there are three musicals nominated out of five. Yes, yeah, so this year. yeah, so you have obviously West Side Story. You have Tick Tick Boom is also up in there. I know Anthony Ramos got something for In the Heights yeah. as well. You know, so I mean, it's great to see actually. You know, them living up to the musical side of the musical or comedy, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> comedy genre. But um. I think the good thing about West Side Story is that you seem to be seeing critics who open it all being like, I don't like musicals, but I liked this. And it's kind of like, okay, well, if a musical film mm. is breaking through with people who like would probably take a set against it yeah. because someone opened their mouth to sing anyway. That's That that for me, they that have fills a, me a degree confidence. of crossover appeal. Yeah. Yes. I'm like, that fills me with confidence. So, like I said, bit of, bit of Oscar buzz. I, lo- I love the Oscar buzz around Rita Marino. She could win. A, no, a second oh, supporting actress for the same, for, but for a same film but totally yeah. different role and I'm like that sounds unreal I'm liking that <laughs> I want that to happen even if you know just call, just call it now just give her the trophy yeah, yeah. now I don't care yeah. give it to her now that would be incredible it would be unreal and we have more hopefully good movie musicals to look forward to in the future fingers crossed but we finally have at long last after about clocked it 20 years of <laughs> speculation about mm-hmm. who we thought was going to get cast in Wicked. And we finally have our two leads. Anyway, we're still waiting for the rest of us. Mm-hmm. So we know that it's going to be Ariana Grande playing Glinda. Yeah. And we have... Not s- the expected. Not the expected. Casting decision. No, especially after they did, I think, what was it, the 15th anniversary concert a couple of years ago. And she sang an alphabet song. So yeah. everyone was like, oh, oh, there but it I is. But I thought that, I mean, that There's was... your audition. There it is right there. Like That was one of the, like, it, it was almost simply an anointing that she was going to <laughs> be Elphaba. Yeah, exactly. But no, she Glinda, and we have, in fairness, a pretty, like, you know, we have Cynthia Revo as Elphaba, which mm. is, which, uh, you know, I'm very excited to see yeah, what she yeah. can do with that, because, I mean, she's just an unbelievable vocalist from start to finish. Like, there's just nothing she can't do. So I'd be very, very interested to see how she slides into that role. Oh, yeah, I think they're both inspired casting, mm. really. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, look, they're both absolutely outstanding singers. Yeah. Yeah. You so. know, you know, you describe Cynthia Erivo as somebody who could kind of do anything vocally, but you could say the same thing about Ariana Grande. She She's just outrageous vocal ability as yeah. well. So, And I think particularly well-placed as Glinda in, in just saying personality-wise, it's a better fit. With the kind, yeah, the kind of in sweetness persona, and you know? goodness thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, no, for sure. Good fit. And, you know, as long as the petition does its job and keeps James Corden out of this cast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I flit between good on them and that's harsh. Oh, it's, I mean, <laughs> I mean, if if it was me, yeah, subject to that petition. Oh, Oof. like it is rough to kind of warranted at the same time. <laughs> so, so just for background, this is an online petition yes. that has been ongoing to stop James Corden having a role in the upcoming Wicked because yes. he has been involved in. Every movie musical. It feels like it. It he feels was in, like feels it anyway. Like it. So come out in, in the last 10 years. He was in Into the Woods. Mm-hmm. He was in The Recent Cinderella. He was in The Prom. Um, that's three high profile ones of the last, you know, four or five years anyway. Yeah. Um, and I, I think you never want casting to feel like it's dull or expected or 
that you know mm. some somebody is just going to be in a movie because it's in a particular genre so i can understand people having a certain level of fatigue about somebody appearing in yet another movie yes. musical at the same time like it is <laughs> pretty harsh to you know if people are signing online petitions to keep you out of a film yeah, I did feel really bad when I Particularly signed it, to be fair. when it's <laughs> 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 the thought crossed my mind. Thought about it. Still, still press submit, but well, it's it's nice to know it gave you pause anyway. Yeah. <laughs> they probably didn't do it on the uh, be, on the UK Parliament website. It wasn't one of those ones where now the UK have to debate it. <laughs> <laughs> But in fairness, well, he's you know, in the, he's in the U.S. now. He's no yeah, longer exactly. their problem. And in fairness, so. you know, I think he, I think of all the people, I don't think he'll take it to heart. I actually think that would nearly spur him on, being like, "Oh, you don't, oh, you don't want me to be in it? Oh, well, look what happened here now." Yeah, so. yeah. So oh, he, I can see the carpool karaoke already. It might inspire him to up his game next time he is casting something. Perhaps Possible. use it as fuel. Use it as fuel. Let the haters hate. Haters hate, potatoes gonna potate. <laughs> and that's how it rolls. The last piece of professional news is that you'll be very sad to hear Diana the musical is closing on Broadway after only about 30-odd performances. I heard that there was a, a seat-to-seat wine vendor in, in Diana, but obviously... Nice. I mean, that it is. still didn't help. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to get the entire audience Not drunk. even the grape could save this nope. one. Cheaper. Well, I mean... God, it, I mean, it's, not, it's the worst. not surprising, is it? Well, no, it was, I mean, from what it we was saw, a, it was dirt. an abomination. Like, 30 is good going. Y- yeah. It, yeah, like fair play. In a way. Oh, uh, will it stay on Netflix now forevermore as a, as a relic? Or will they try well, and Well, as delete? a warning, <laughs> <laughs> perhaps. Put a bit more planning into these things before yeah, yeah. you try like, them. Like, it was utterly, like, not only was it completely tone deaf, but it was dire. Yeah. Yeah. At least if something's tone deaf but well written, there's a level on which you can appreciate it. it this said nothing. Like, yeah. like it just gets to a point where it has like the woman playing like Queen Elizabeth, <laughs> just like you know singing about her like singing about you know why herself and Prince Philip got like you know how they fell in love. And you're just like, this is fucking ridiculous <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> you're just like, okay, we've crossed over now into absolute lunacy. But and I, it wasn't even meant to be satire, I don't think. I think they've tried to afterwards, like, like oh, no, it was oh, satirical and, and yeah. comedic. I don't think it w- was. No, no. I, I obviously, you feel bad for everybody who doesn't uh, get to continue on in a production. Of course. But jeepers. But it, you, could, you, you couldn't say this was unexpected. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you really couldn't. <laughs> it feels like it was about 29 performances too many. Yeah. Like, but anyway. <laughs> yeah. Good innings, all things considered. Well, at least it's better than Seven Brides anyway. <laughs> Yeah, that's true, because I think Seven Brides, when it when it first came out, it was, like, I think they tried to launch a stage version of it featuring Howard Keel and Jane Powell, oh, no. like, 25 years after the film. Beautiful. Oh, God. Um, that's what we needed. Um, but then they obviously scrapped that. I'm not sure Howard Keel was that young. in. Well, <laughs> probably was in his 30s, was he? True. Yeah. But, I mean, it's a bit rich of him being, he was nearly, like, old enough to be the Rennie Brothers' dad yeah, at, yeah. At, by the time he was... Trying to play it on stage again. Mm. But yeah, I think it managed a paltry five performances. Yeah. So. Oh, well, and like anytime you read any of those articles about like Broadway flops and then you're like seven brides, you're like, what? Mm. Like all the rest of them, you're like, I've never heard of these. And it's like, well, good, with good reason. But seven but, brides. Because I think it would have been like late 70s or early 80s. So it was definitely not in vogue to do seven brides. Yeah, because it was like it? Sweeney Todd. Mid, mid 50s was the yeah. original show. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or sorry, original film. film. Yeah, so like by the late 70s you have Evita and Sweeney Todd. Because it, it's one of those ones that was a film before it was a stage musical. Yeah, like yeah. Singing in the Rain. Yes. The 50s was actually a time where the movie people had Pioneered the musical. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm trying to... to like, I, there are a few other examples that I can't really... Yeah. They're not coming to mind immediately. I think Meet Me in St. Louis is another relatively big one. Though oh, it never I had a very right. big stage show like it, there weird. is one but that's weirdly one that i never really see appear on stages anywhere yeah it mm. probably would be good if you know of any <laughs> great <laughs> film to stage adaptations uh email us at the at oddtheater.com or get in touch with us on facebook or instagram at the oddcast by odd theater now that brings me to the topic i wanted to discuss today and get mm-hmm. your views on which is this year's Ames Awards. Yes. Now, it has previously been articulated that the Ames Awards this year, in terms of the actual awards, 
the ceremony in Killarney, we don't know. But mm-hmm. in terms of the awards themselves, they would go ahead if 50% of the shows that would ordinarily go ahead actually proceed this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If we had less than 50%, they would just not do the awards at all. The, that's the current state of play. Mm. And looking at the landscape now, given where we are with the Omicron variant, the new restrictions that have come out that limit things to 50% capacity, that's not lifting until... End of January. Or, and, and in reality, could be, could be well, well sometime after that, yeah. considering Christmas. the way <laughs> things are going. I mean, if you look at the studies of how Omicron variant has gone in terms of transmissibility in South Africa, it's huge. Mm. So mm. We, we just don't know. I, I'm not sure that we're going to get to 50%. But I'm also not sure that it's really the right thing to fail to have an Ames Awards, even if we don't get there. And I'll give you my reason. The next few years are likely to be pretty uncertain. One of two things is going to happen. Either we're going to get a more transmissible variant that is less severe, that is kind of like the regular flu, doesn't pose as much of a threat to public health, takes over as the dominant variant because it's more transmissible. And we effectively find our way out of this thing Mm. come next year or the year after or whenever that occurs. Yeah. The other version of this is that we kind of rumble on much as we have been rumbling on. We do booster vaccines. There are new variants that are more evasive of the vaccine. We have rolling seasonal problems and interruptions and public health interventions. And that could go on again for an unknown length of time. So there's no clear indication in anybody's mind as to when this might end. I think this time last year when we had a vaccine, we were thinking, we don't have the vaccine yet, but it's coming. It's starting rollout in the next few weeks, and that will be it. We'll all get vaccinated, and that will be it. Delta variant saw an end to that dream. Yeah. And now we're in a position where we don't know what the next few years are going to be like. We don't know how many shows people are going to get to perform. We don't know when we're going to get back to that golden 100% of societies get to perform a show in a capacity, year. It, yeah. it, at full capacity. It it might not be next year. It might not be the year after. It might not be ever. And we just have to c- confront that reality. And my view is that the Ames Awards should just go ahead with the number of shows that have managed to go ahead in the year regardless. And if you have to pro-rata the number of nominations that you hand out, mm-hmm. fair enough. I, I understand that. But I just don't see a sense in saying we're going to hold out and not have awards until such a stage that we get to 50% of the number of shows that we used to have. Because... We don't know when that day will be. Don't know if it'll be this year. Don't know if it'll be next year. Don't know when. So instead, let's just adjudicate what we have in any given year and just determine on the basis of who gets to perform what and what we've seen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thoughts? Uh, I'd agree. I'd agree. I think that first and foremost, obviously we've had maybe what, like 10 to 15 even even shows so far this season Pro- probably probably in yeah probably that closer to right. the, yeah 15 i would say yeah. Yeah, yeah you know at this stage obviously kind of now over the christmas period i think you know it's probably put a bit of a kibosh on a lot of things i don't think there's mm. many happening mm. between now and january but that probably wouldn't have been out of out of sync with yeah like the, the, anyway. the up to december areas is not there aren't that many shows it's usually post christmas when is things when, really yeah, get rolling in the exactly season. like you know so like i'd say there's probably still a lot of people who are probably holding out that if they're you know march april is our usual slot mm-hmm. you yeah. know maybe you know because even 
even 12 months on, you know, we are in a different position. Obviously, you know, we have had the vaccine rollout and now we're getting boosts and stuff like that. So, you know, obviously the restrictions, you know, mightn't be as severe, you know, if things spike over Christmas. Yeah. Um, so, you know, hopefully by the by the time it comes ready, I suppose really the question is that, you know, I suppose they can probably really leave it till the end of April, start of May before that you would have to make a call on it. But, you know, I suppose is it really fair to be stringing people along for that? Like, oh, maybe we will, maybe we won't, like whether you will have awards or not. But I do think, I'd, I'd agree with you that I think you should just go with however many you have. Yeah. And again, like that either pro rata, I mean, like <laughs> it might sound a wee bit harsh, but I think that you should really allow, I suppose your, your adjudicators the option to, you know, for want of a better word, not not award something in a year, you know, yeah. if, if that's sweet, you know, because like, just because, well, equally, you know, if you if, at the heat of the reel, if you've only seen like you know, in, in let's say even fifteen across each one, like you know, mm. it might be a bit presumptuous to be to be saying, you know, I definitely had you know three. As you might just award a best visual. I kind of think of it more maybe for those kind of maybe like more kind of technical ones, like visual, technical, you know, things like that. Or maybe maybe there's you're looking at spirit of aims, right? And you're thinking, yeah, yeah there's nothing that i've seen this year that you know warrants mm. that i you know nothing really kind of blew me away and demonstrated yeah, yeah. fulfilling the criteria so yeah you know i'm just not going to award that this yeah year. yeah like i definitely don't think it should go from well we either have you know the full awards as they normally are or we don't do them at all i do think you know i think you know the, the aims would need to get a little bit kind of you know a bit flexible. more flexible yeah. with it and a bit creative with it obviously yeah like that you know it doesn't necessarily it's not a guarantee you have to have three in every single category do you know that kind of way you might even look at you know you could look at amalgamation like you know rather than trying to let's say best male singer or best female singer it's like let's just have best singer mm. could do that you know that's an option too. i mean like a lot of award ceremonies are going for that now you know like, like not a lot yeah. of them but some of them are going for you know the idea of like you know not specifying you know I think the lucille the lortel did they do that? Yeah, the, I think this, they, or they. Or they're they going to do go it for, for next year. But. Yeah, the, there's a few. There's yeah, a that's, few a whole, so. that's a whole different thing. But like that, that is that is an option that's open. And, you know, I think it's certainly getting creative is, is probably going to be the key thing, you know. But I, I definitely think you shouldn't, you shouldn't be kind of like, oh, we have to have 50%, you know, of what we would normally have. Mm. I think, you know, it, it's... I think because also it's a nice it, it, at the end of the day it's a nice to actually in the same way the previous aims that we had was lovely recognition for people who you know were you know I suppose lucky enough you know for want yeah. of a better word but they were lucky enough to get to put their shows on they shouldn't be excluded equally people who have now you know even more so in these challenging times found the way to rehearse found the way to put on a show like you talked about UCD like putting a show together in four weeks like something like that totally deserves recognition yeah. And I'm not a fan of the idea, I know it was brought up like the last time this was an issue, of the idea of carrying it over for here for, until, no, until and for like in multiple years. Because I'm just like, you can't remember a show you saw in September 2021 when you're coming around to yeah. like May 2023. You just won't remember it. Like, no. It also puts Ames and the adjudicators in a bind in terms of okay, if you're rolling too forward, if the adjudicator doesn't want to stay on. Do they have to give their notes to somebody else? Do they have to stay on because, well, you have to roll the two together? It's just logistically a nightmare to roll it forward. I mean, I think the main criticism that some people would have, I mean, there's two angles people would come at this, really, to, to kind of disagree with the two of you would be, like, one would be to say, well, it should be solidarity of all musical societies. It's not fair that, you know, maybe some societies have got bigger budgets and can afford to put on a show with half an audience and, and not lose money, whereas other musical societies can't afford that or or the way the pandemic hit them in fundraising was much more severe and so they won't be able to put on a show for a while. And I like I can see that argument in a way. I mean like what that essentially leaves you with is an all or nothing sort of a position where you kinda of go, well either we don't do AIMS awards anymore or we do them with the societies who as you said, Dan, are lucky enough to put a show on, mm. whether it's because they managed to avoid um, a, a COVID restrictions for the week of the show, whether it's because they managed to avoid actual COVID cases within their cast, you know, they managed to avoid being hit with fundraising or, you know, being able to come up with new ways to fundraise, you know, then I, I kind of feel like you either have to take it as policy that if we all can't do it, then no one can, or that you go ahead with those who can. Mm. Um, and then the second argument people would have is that, they would feel that a reduced field might create an asterisk on people's awards where you kind of go, well, if you only had, you know, 14 competitors for best show versus 
having 25 competitors for best show, you know, was your show really as good as, you know, as previous best show winners. But that's kind of, it's, it's, again, I can see the angle of that argument, but you kind of go, well, surely that's the same every time a show comes up is like, well, you know, would the best show winner of 2012 have beaten the best show winner of 2015? Like yeah. you know, yeah. oh, like you were against, or would this adjudicator's best show have been the same as the current adjudicator's best show? Exactly, because you know? they have a different taste, or they have a different, slightly different set of criteria that they put an emphasis yeah. on. You know, if 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 the Gilbert and Sullivan adjudicators swap positions, you wouldn't get the same outcome. No, if they saw a different set of shows. So you, you so again, you kind of go, you're either hardline, it's all or nothing, or you find some flexibility that works in the middle and i kind of uh, unlike will parker would be more of the flexibility rather than the all or nothing yeah and look props to will parker for being decisive but <laughs> it, the the thing kind of related to the first point you brought up mm. that i really don't want to see is and i saw a little bit of it the last time that there was some discussions ongoing about whether the aims awards for 2020 should go ahead a kind of an attitude of maybe a bit of jealousy of the societies mm. that managed to get adjudicated or that, you know, it wasn't a real AIMS awards if everybody couldn't get adjudicated. I mean, that's a lot of nonsense. Yeah. That attitude just does not fly with me. I mean, if we're going to go down a solidarity line, the solidarity yeah. that I prefer, and I think I'm kind of rehearsing a point that I made back when we were discussing... The 2020, 2020 Ames yeah. Award is that have solidarity with people who you share a love and an enthusiasm for musical theatre with in a joy of them being able to take to the stage. Yeah. You know, make that your point of solidarity. Support those who are able to take to the stage. Go to see their show. Say, isn't it great that at least some of us are able to perform and that those people should have an opportunity to get recognized in some small way by AIMS through the adjudication scheme for the efforts that they've gone to. Even if that is 25% of the potential field, hell, even if the 5% of the available field, I want to see those awards go ahead because the 5% or the 10% or whatever percent managed to go ahead deserve that recognition no less than mm -hmm. the 100%. Yeah, you know, that's true. just because other people couldn't go ahead does not mean that they shouldn't have the opportunity to have that properly adjudicated and and adjudicated in the sense that they have an availability for an award. Because that's not to say that like societies that don't manage to go ahead that there's some kind of oh the societies who found a way to go ahead it was through their own hard work and grit and determination no. because it's very much. Look of the draw in terms of what your calendar is, in terms of what show you did the previous year, in terms of you know the profile of your members, all of that, you know. Yeah. So, but I I agree. I like your view of solidarity being that you turn up to the, the shows that are on, you support other local societies, fundraisers. You know, we we might see a, a return of kind of group fundraisers of societies getting together mm -hmm. and actually. Instead of one society putting on a concert and the following month another society putting a concert on, you might see, well, let's, while there's a window here, let's the three of us or the two of us who are close to each other locally get together at the same time yeah. and split the proceeds yeah. and try and, you know, increase our audience that way. Or let's have a joint raffle where we can, you know, double our members. I think I think that's a much better approach to, to kind of getting through the difficult times rather than it becoming insular and everyone looking out for their own back. Now, I hear you on the solidarity, and I totally agree. But for balance, if, <laughs> like, the last time we looked, the last time this was an issue, obviously we'd gotten, you know, well through the season, like, you know, we were kind of starting yeah, yeah. March. So we were probably well clear of the 50% of normal. Yeah. For simplicity's sake, this time around, if we're nowhere near that, is it easier to burn 20 societies as opposed to burning 60 the last time? Of course it's easier. You know, it is easier, but I I think, one, I think it's wrong for the reasons I've mm. said. But second of all, I think that creates a really tough precedent for the following year. Because if the following year is no better... Or is 10 better. Or is 10 better. Mm. I mean, 
you know, how long are you going to hang on to 50%? Or if you drop your threshold now to 25%, yeah, why didn't you do, why it? Didn't you do it the previous year? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think if you're making a decision to exclude societies from the possibility of getting an AIMS award because they haven't met an arbitra- arbitrary threshold that you're then reducing the next year, it's going to feel incredibly unfair yeah. on them. Mm. That'd be... That'd be my especially since it. they've already had an adjudicator out to them and the show's already happened. Well, yeah, same. that's like, right. Like, so like the adjudicator's so, done like you know, like they've already seen, like we said, there could be ten to fifteen shows already. Like, you know, yeah, you well, well we've and, and the thing is, you'll have people involved with, you know, one society, you'll have people involved in two societies in, in, in odd positions. I'm the secretary of one society that has had an adjudicated show, the odd theatre company, with the last five years. Yeah. That has been adjudicated. We've gotten our adjudication report. I'm also the secretary of Newbridge Musical Theatre, which is due to have a visa on in April. And the truth of the matter is, though we confidently press ahead with our plans, I cannot tell you whether that show is going ahead. No one can tell you whether a show in April or March or whenever is going ahead, because that's just where we are. So Mm. I'm kind of coming at it. On, yeah. on both sides. Yeah, and even when you compare back to 2020, I mean, Odd was also in the position of having had a show yeah. and Newbridge was not. So you kind of are... Con- there are some groups that will have two done out of two years. Some will have none done out of two years. And some groups will have one in each year. There's there's those yeah. three different varieties it's, there. And yeah. It, it, and it, it just comes back to, well, we said, like the solidarity point that, that people just kind of have to like, you know what? It is what it is. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's been shite for everyone. And just make the most of it and like, you know, go out and support everybody. You know, you should be thankful that like, you know, people are getting out there and doing it at all. Like, you know, yeah. people aren't doing it to rub, like rub their nose, like people's noses in it. Be like, oh, well, we get to do our show and you can't. Like, yeah. you know, that's not the energy behind it. People are like, no, I've been stuck at home for 21 months now. I mean, people I, are dying to I get literally, back on the stage, honest of course. God, like, I'll, it, it's either this or do it by candlelight on TikTok. I don't care. Like, I'm doing, <laughs> I'm doing something like so. But I do wonder, is it going to create a situation where and we're we're seeing it a little bit this year with the adjudication scheme because we know there's there's a bit of pressure with the amount of shows that they think might take place after christmas yeah you know are we going to see a situation where more societies are moving their shows to the you know april may away from the type Mm. time frame or or back into the kind of at the other end of the season september the august september area of the season to avoid the potential Mm. of another winter interruption yeah yeah you know well you you certainly would be considering it because it's now the second year in a row where and you get even a sniff of christmas and the the numbers (laughs) just go sky or you're like i'm not like either i can't do it either like you know within the month of december because people just lose the run of themselves or equally if you're trying to do something in january or even if you're trying to get into even if you're early even if something's crazy as early feb because january is obviously like you know we're Mm. a month away now we are into the and it's like well we can't meet up to bloody rehearse like you know so all of a sudden, you could you could end up seeing like a potentially like a two two and a half month gap in the season. Like yeah. you know, it could, and it the could thing come is, to that. sadly, we just don't know whether Christmas twenty twenty two or twenty twenty three or the year twenty twenty two is going to look any different than the year twenty twenty one. We just don't know whether it's going to be any different or whether we're going to be confronting the same problems again and again in a slightly different way and whether we're, go- we're going to experience those interruptions. Mm-hmm. So I just don't get adopting a view which is clearly, well, this is a one-year problem. Yeah. Because yeah. there's absolutely no reason to believe that this is a problem that will be restricted to the 21-22 season and won't be 22-23 or 23-24 or whatever. So those are my thoughts I hope they're taken on board or at least discussed at yeah. some level. And we'd love to hear yours too. I mean, please do get in touch with us uh, on Facebook and Instagram at the Oddcast by Odd Theatre, on Twitter at the Oddcast by Odd, or email us at the Oddcast at oddtheatre.com. Correct. Look at my memory. Look at you. Look at me Look go. At you go. I've only been spouting that every episode <laughs> for the past. Year and a half. He remembered to write it on his hand this time. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But we're all agreed it should be go ahead with what we have. Yes. Yes. And sure, look, is it really aims if you're not like three in the morning saying that fucker didn't deserve it anyway? So let's make it easy for people. 
<laughs> I so want to be the person they're saying that about. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for that to be me. I want to be one of the only stage managers eligible and to win by default. <laughs> default. <laughs> default. Two greatest words in the English language. <laughs> right. That about wraps it up, I think, for this Christmas episode of the Oddcast. It was probably a little bit of a serious discussion for a time of merriment, but... There's one last thing. Your first episode as a married man. That is true. Your first episode as a married man. How does it feel? It, it, I tell you, it feels great. It feels great. But yes, um, Emma has made me a lucky man, so I am... And a married man, as it happens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. It's 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 a wonderful, and that sort of uh, explains at least partly our failure to record an episode for a reasonably significant portion of time. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, weddings. If you haven't had one, take time to plan. <laughs> Before we go, have you any Christmas watching recommendations for? We will put we'll we'll put a the musical theater thing on pause for Thank a second God. and ah. we'll just we'll just go christmas christmas movie that you think people should watch or or christmas anything you think people should watch um, over the holidays film i just watched recently was klaus it's an animated oh, film on netflix yeah, very good excellent i think that, really I good i actually think that's the last time i cried at a movie oh really wow. was klaus Oh, it's so sad. It's very good, though. And Brilliant. Like, yeah, but it's super. The less you know about it going in, the better. It's just, mm. it's it's really enjoyable. Yeah. I mean, uh, sure, I'm just so cliche that the classics, bit of Muppets Christmas Carol, mm. bit of Home Alone, bit of Love Actually. That was the first Christmas one, which is, if you listen to our Christmas episode last year, you know, is my favorite Christmas movie and my pick for a Christmas movie that should be made into a musical. That's the other thing that explains the six-week absence. Dan was in... <laughs> Hectic meetings with Gary Barlow and Cameron yeah. McIntosh so to get this over the line. <laughs> Unfortunately, we just could not make it work, but we it coming to the West End Christmas 22. Do you know what? It's better to leave it off because in all honesty, Michael McIntyre would end up writing the lyrics and I just, I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know if I need that. No, we don't need that. We don't need that. No, that's a good point. I'll find, I find something different, but, but they're, they're my picks anyway. <laughs> what about um, you? The one, one I discovered last year actually, which I really enjoyed, was uh, a film called Christmas in Connecticut. Oh, That sounds with, like a Hallmark movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Weirdly not. It's from 1945. Oh. Um, starring Before Hallmark. <laughs> Barbara Stanwyck and Dennis Morgan. It's a really nice movie. It's really good. If you're looking for, for something mm. more in the vintage of It's a Wonderful Life or that kind of thing, mm. Get on board with this, or the original Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, not the you know monstrosity that Richard Attenborough. I was going to say, yeah, Richard Attenborough, (laughs) yeah, yeah. The fancy OG one is class. OG one is amazing. Yeah, Yeah. the fancy Christmas is the best time for watching classic movies. It kind of is. It just feels right. It feels right. But also, if you don't want to get in the Christmassy mood, you know, I was so tempted to like go back over like not to watch the Best Picture winners from the Oscars for the last like Mm. ten years Mm because some of them are a bit crap. Like but the nominees, just, yeah, go through like you know what yeah, were the yeah, what yeah. were the big movies over the last year? Because I feel like there's so many. I don't know why. For some reason, I was like, I feel like I have never seen Gladiator, and I know that was like a big thing, like you know, mm. back in the day. So you've never seen Gladiator? I don't think I have. Yeah. I don't think I've seen it. It's fully. good. It is really good. Yeah. I yeah. I don't know. Like a lot of the most recent Best Picture nominees have kind of passed me by, but yeah. It, that's listen. That's a whole other discussion. It Absolutely. is again. But no, you're find right. a film podcast if you want to. But you're right. Christmas is the time for classics because it feels like the 1940s and early 50s have this vice hold grip on Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Like Christmas music has not changed. No, really. it really hasn't. Like yeah. there was a little peak in the late 80s, early 90s where like Wham and Mariah Carey are yeah. like have slipped Wizard through the in the 70s. They yeah, slipped yeah, through yeah, the yeah. odd song, but really, all the like cla- yeah, all the classic songs that you know. Yeah, they're from way back when there's a yeah. vice grip <laughs> I feel like it was the first generation that kind of realised there was a commercial level to Christmas yeah but yeah but hey they nailed it straight out the gate absolutely so 10 out of 10 yeah ten, said why why improve why try to improve on a an original absolutely exactly. unless you're West Side Story okay that <laughs> wraps it up for this episode thank you very much for listening and a Merry Christmas to you all uh, get in touch with us on Facebook or Instagram at the Oddcast by Odd Theatre or uh, by email at the Oddcast b- at 
oddtheater.com. I know. Yeah, I'm I'm I, see, you've, <laughs> you've stolen my professionalism. <laughs> well, what I had of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, have a great holiday, folks. Stay classy. <laughs> <laughs>